The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Welcome to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, and the rankings. Today, we discuss the 1968 season and two schools that sat atop the final AP poll. Now, now maybe it's just me growing up in the 1960s, but it seems that before 1968, college football was not a mainstay on the TV sets in a family's living room. After 1968, it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. We kept up with college football prior to 1968. We all know the transition from Army's dominance in World War II, followed by Notre Dame and Frank Leahy, Biggie Munn and Michigan State, Maryland Terrapins and Woody Hayes, Oklahoma's dynasty, SEC rules with Auburn, Ole Miss LSU. And in the 1960s, we had Minnesota and Alabama and Texas and Ohio State and Arkansas and USC and Notre Dame and Michigan State. They all sat at top of the college football world. We were aware of this. But I don't really remember growing up in the early 1960s and watching games on TV every Saturday. In 1969, I did, though. The 1968 season for me was, well, pinnacle. And by pinnacle, I just don't mean that the 1968 season was pinnacle in only the world of college football. I mean, it was a turbulent time, right? You had the Tet Offensive. You had Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated, Robert F. Kennedy being assassinated, student protests all over the campuses, and the riots, of course, during the Democratic National Convention. And during these turbulent times, something else was going on. People tuned into the television to watch the news, and by extension, they would watch college football. This is the story of the 1968 college football season and two schools that sat atop of the final AP poll, Ohio State and Penn State. But it's actually a story that encapsulates a season for five schools, Purdue, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, and Kansas. Let's start with Ohio State. By 1968, Ohio State had won four consensus national championships. The Buckeyes were already a powerhouse in college football, largely due to their larger-in-life coach, Woody Hayes, who led Ohio State to three of those national championships. And he built his reputation of the Buckeyes on three, year, uh, three yards on a cloud of dust. How about Penn State? Well, by 1968, Penn State, they had never won a national championship, but Coach Joe Paterna, who had just succeeded Coach Rip Engel, who's there a very long time, but Joe Paterno was in the process of transforming Penn State from an Eastern powerhouse into a national powerhouse. And he built a reputation on linebacker U. So the 1968 Buckeyes consisted of the super sophs, super sophomores, if you will. Rex Kern, Jim Otis, John Brockington, Leo Hayden, Jim Stillwagon, Jack Tatum. The Penn State, well, they had Chuck Burt, Hart, and Charlie Pittman. Ted Qualick on offense, but it was a linebacking crew that led the way with Jack Ham and Dennis Oncots. But again, this is a story of five teams. I mentioned this a moment ago. Purdue, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, and Kansas. 
listen for their names as the story unfolds. The number one team in the preseason poll was Purdue. And they were coming off an 8-2 and two season, number 9 in 1967. High expectations for this team with quarterback Mike Phipps and Leroy Keyes. The preseason poll read like this. I'm not going to go through the whole AP poll. But number one was Purdue, two was USC, three was Notre Dame, four was Oklahoma. And sitting at number eight was Penn State, and at number 11 was Ohio State. So on September 21st, number three, Notre Dame, defeated number five, Oklahoma. And as a result, because that win was so impactful, Notre Dame and USC switched positions in the poll. And that same week, Penn State had defeated Navy 31-6. to So entering week two, the AP poll read, now follow this, number one, Purdue, number two, Notre Dame, number three, USC, number four, Penn State, and still at number 11, Ohio State. Now, the next week, right off the bat, it was a battle of number one versus number two. In week two, number two, Purdue, excuse me, in week two, number one, Purdue, played one of its most important games in this program history. They were number one, and they faced number two, Notre Dame, in South Bend. Now, this game marked the only time in school history Purdue had played in a number one, number two clash. And the Boilermakers dominated from the get-go, racing to a 23-7 lead. And in the second half, Coach Malenkoff eased up on the pedal and Purdue won 37-22. So number one, Purdue had defeated number two, Notre Dame. The same week, number four, Penn State defeated Kansas State 25-9. And number 11, Ohio State defeated SMU 35-14. So after week three, follow this. In the AP poll, it looked like this. Number one, Purdue. Number two, USC. Number three, Penn State. Number four, Ohio State. And the huge game that then loomed ahead next week would surely shake everything up because it was number four, Ohio State, versus number one, Purdue. Now, number one, Purdue entered the game a 13-point favorite. They were 3-0. and They were ranked number one all season. They had wins of 44-6. They had beaten number two, Notre Dame, 37-22, and a 43-6. Ohio State entered the game 2-0. They were number four in the nation. This game was played at Ohio State in front of 84,000 fans. And the defenses took over from the onset. Yet as the game marched on, it was scoreless at halftime, due in part to five missed field goals, by the way, that day. In the third quarter, things changed. Buckeyes defensive back Ted Provost broke up the scoreless tie on a 35-yard interception return for a touchdown, a pick six. The Buckeyes, led by defensive backs Jack Tatum and Ted Provost, kept the Boilermakers' powerful offense at bay. Number four, Ohio State defeated Purdue 13 to nothing, October 12, 1968. So now, after the death settles on week four, again, please follow this. Here's the AP poll. Number one, USC. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Penn State. Number four, Kansas. This moment is crucial in the 1968 season. It is crucial because for the first time this season, here was the matchup that we see would be the weird little final four at season's end. And not to ruin anything, but Ohio State would play USC in the Rose Bowl. Penn State and Kansas would meet in the Orange Bowl. And here we have the top four teams sitting there after week four. Now, these four teams remained in the top slot, top four slots, excuse me, of the AP poll for weeks four, five, six, and seven. Briefly for comparative scores in week four. 
Number two, Ohio State beat Northwestern 45 to 21. At Penn State, they had a bye week. And uh, as a result, Kansas and Penn State would switch places after Kansas defeated Oklahoma State 49 to 14. So after week four, USC was one, Ohio State two, but now it's Kansas three, Penn State four. In week five, number two, Ohio State defeated Illinois 31-14. Number four, Penn State defeated Boston College 29-0. Both Ohio State and Penn State were 5-0. Week six, still number two, Ohio State defeated Michigan State 25-16, while number four, Penn State, still number four, defeated Army 28-24, their closest game all season. Now, both Ohio State and Penn State are still undefeated. They're both 6-0. Week seven saw number two, Ohio State defeat Wisconsin. 43 to nothing, while Penn State, still number four, defeated Miami of Florida. And so now both Penn State and Ohio State are 7-0. So after week seven, number three, Kansas, would lose to Oklahoma. And as a result, the AP poll would read, number one, USC, 7-0. Number two, Ohio State, 7-0. Number three, Penn State, 7-0. And number four, Michigan, was 7-1. But see, okay. With one being USC, two being Ohio State, three being Penn State, four being Michigan, in two weeks, the dust would settle, right? Because Michigan and Ohio State would play, thus knocking one of the two from national title convention. So in week eight, number three, Penn State defeats Maryland. Number two, Ohio State defeats Iowa, which sets up week nine, the crucial week nine. Now, number one, USC had beat UCLA 28-16. Number two, Ohio State faced Michigan, and they ran roughshod over them 50-14. to The game was actually tied at 1.14-14 until the Buckeyes went up 21-14 at halftime and then outscored Michigan 29-0 in the second half. But as impressive as that one was, number three, Penn State defeated Pittsburgh soundly 65-9. Now, the significance here is that Ohio State and USC would switch places in the AP poll. So after nine weeks, it was number one, Ohio State, number two, USC, number three, Penn State. And before we go on, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the game. The game, Harvard-Yale, November 23rd, 1968. This was for all the stakes. Both teams came in, Harvard and Yale, 8-0. The Ivy League title was at stake. The Crimson twelve the game 29 to 13 late in the fourth quarter. Yale was up by 16 points. And then the Crimson went on a 14 play, 86 yard drive to close the gap to 29 to 21 with 42 seconds remaining. They were successful in the two point conversion. They recovered the onside kick. Harvard had a 14 yard run. There was a face mask penalty. And it was all just a prologue to set up the final last two plays with four seconds remaining. On the last play of the game, Harvard quarterback Frank Choppy voids a pass rush and finds halfback Vic Gatto in the end zone. It was no time on the clock. Champy hits Varney to complete the implausible comeback. 16 points in the final 42 seconds of the game. And the Harvard Crimson, well, the famous headlines they print the next day was Harvard beats Yale 29-29. All right. So, so back to the AP poll. In the polls released on November 25th, there was a disagreement between the AP and the UPI coaches poll. AP had Ohio State 1, 
and USC had more first place votes, but yet Ohio State was number one. Coaches poll, well, USC remained in first place. Ohio State was second. Now, both polls rounded out the top five with number three being Penn State, number four being Georgia, number five being Kansas. And then on November 30th, number two, USC, and number nine, Notre Dame played to a tie. And remember, this was a Notre Dame team that got smoked by Purdue earlier in the year. So as a result, the AP polls final regular season poll read like this. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, USC. Number three, Penn State. But since Ohio State and USC would have met in the Rose Bowl, this uh, momentary debate as to who was number one didn't really matter. It would all be settled in the Rose Bowl with number one playing number two. But what about number three, Penn State? They were undefeated. They were untied. So entering the bowl games, here's the matchups. A weird little Final Four. Rose Bowl, right? Number one, Ohio State, 9-0. Face number two, USC, 9-0-1. Now, this was a Trojan team led by who? O.J. Simpson, who'd go on to win the Heisman. And actually, they had Mike Holmgren, who went on to win two Super Bowls as a coach. Now, in the Orange Bowl, we had number three, Penn State, facing number six, Kansas. Penn State was 9-0, undefeated. Kansas was 9-1. This was a Jayhawk team led by Bobby Douglas and John Riggins. Well, let's talk about the Orange Bowl first. In that game, number three, Penn State defeated number six, Kansas, 15 to 14. It was a monumental game. Now, now, Penn State came in undefeated, right? 10 and 0. They were coached by Joe Paterno. And they were facing these John Riggin, Bobby Douglas, Kansas Jayhawk team, who was 9 and 1. And Kansas led Penn State 14 to 7 in the fourth quarter. So they were faced with an opportunity to put the game away on Penn State's five yard line. Kansas went for it on fourth and one. But the Nittley Lions held, and Penn State now had life. So here's what happened. Penn State trailing 14 to 7 with about a minute and a half left. Kansas, with a fourth down and 23 at its own 25-yard line, was forced to punt. Penn State put on a 10-man rush, and they blocked the punt. So now Penn State has the ball at midfield, and in four plays, they drive for a touchdown. And now the score is Kansas 14, Penn State 13, with a little less than a minute left. Joe Paterno, in one of the gutsiest calls ever made, decided to forego the almost short tie with the extra point and go for the undefeated season for the two-point conversion. So the Nittany Lions quarterback, Chuck Burkhart, his pass was deflected incomplete, and the Jayhawks, they start to celebrate. But a referee throws a flag, and the Jayhawks had too many men on the field. <coughs> So given a second chance, the Nittley Lions <clears throat> running back Rob Campbell swept in for the winning two-point conversion. Penn State won 15-14, to 14, enabling the Nittley Lions to become the first Eastern school since 1937 to win the Orange Bowl. Now for the Rose Bowl. In the Rose Bowl, number one, Ohio State defeated number two, USC, 27-16. Here's what happened. It was number one versus number two in the Rose Bowl. Only the second time in the AP area that number one squared off against number two in the Rose Bowl. Now, Ohio State entered the game one, 9-0, USC two, 9-0-1. First quarter, scoreless. Then USC pulls ahead 10 to nothing on the heels of an 80-yard touchdown run by O.J. Simpson and a field goal. But then Rex Curran leads a long 13-play, 69-yard drive. Jim Otis goes in, field goal later, and it's tied 10-10 at half. 
Now, by halftime, O.J. Simpson had 137 yards. But in the second half, Simpson only had 34 yards, and he fumbled twice, and this proved to be crucial. For in the second half, Ohio State pulled ahead for good, going up 27-10 before winning 27-16. So at season's end, the final AP poll had only two undefeated teams. Number one, Ohio State 10-0. Number two, Penn State 11-0. In case you're wondering, three in the final AP poll was Texas, four USC, five Notre Dame, six Arkansas, seven Kansas. So how will history remember the 1968 season with only two undefeated teams, Ohio State and Penn State, sitting atop the AP poll one and two? Well, history will remember the 1968 Ohio State Buckeyes. Coach Woody Hayes' 1968 team was dominating, littered with six first-round NFL draft picks. Rex Kern, Jim Otis led a powerful offense. And on defense, well, they had Jack Tatum. The Buckeyes concluded the season with this crushing victory of Michigan, 50-14, and a decisive win in the Rose Bowl, 27-16 over number 2, USC. The average score of their game that season was 33-15. History will remember the 1968 Nittany Lions, 11-0. It was Joe Paterno's 1968 team, was undefeated, untied. And they won by an average score of 32-11. In the Orange Bowl, they defeated Kansas 15-14, to finish number two in the AP poll. No, aftermath. Leroy Keyes of the once number one ranked Purdue Boilmakers would go on to finish second in Heisman Trophy battling behind USC's OJ Simpson. Penn State's Ted Qualick would finish fourth, and Kansas's Bobby Douglas would finish seventh. OJ Simpson would go on to lead the nation in rushing 171 yards per game, followed by the number two rusher in the country. You know who it is? West Texas A&M's Eugene Mercury Morris. Cincinnati's Greg Cook would finish second in passing, 22 completions a game, behind Chuck Hinson of SMU. Woody Hayes. Well, he would end up coaching Ohio State from 1951 to 1978, winning 205 games, 76.1% of his games. And in those 28 seasons, the legendary coach Woody Hayes would win five national championships and post a winning record 16-11-1 against that team up north. He led the Buckeyes to eight Rose Bowls. He won two AFCA Coach of the Year awards, two FWAA Coach of the Year awards, and the Walter Camp Coach of the Year award. In 1978, Woody Hayes was fired after he punched a Clemson player in the Gator Bowl. Woody Hayes is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Joe Paterno. He coached Penn State from 1966 to 2011, winning 409 games. His numbers are staggering. Five undefeated untied seasons, two national championships, and moreover, take these numbers in. 61 years at Penn State, 46 years as head coach, most wins in the history of Division I A, 409, second most wins ever, all time, if you consider all three divisions. Most bowl games in history, 37. Most bowl wins in history, 24. And yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. He was forced to resign in the middle of the 2011 season amid allegations concerning how he reacted to the Jerry Sandusky sexual abuse scandal that rocked Penn State. The 1968 season finished with what? Two undefeated teams. One led by a coach who would end up winning more games in the history of college football than anybody else for Division I-A. Yet his career 
ended amidst allegations of a cover-up. And another coach who would change football with his model, three yards in a cloud of dust, and for 10 years would lead his team to reign supreme on TV in that 10-year war with Michigan. And yet he ended his career with an ill-timed on-the-field punch. Well, after that year, TV brought college football into our living rooms every week in the fall. And I stop and think this is really just a pinnacle year. At least it was for me, because I now remember after 1968, just sitting down every weekend and seeing a myriad of college football games. And as I look back, I can't help but wonder who would have won the chess match between Woody Hayes and Joe Paterno. How would the Super Softs have fared against that linebacker you? This was the story of the 1968 college football season. Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.